Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. Where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Hello, and welcome to the Wealth Builders podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Gino's a very interesting time in the market with uh, the economy, inflation, the housing market. And we have been talking as a team about the opportunity. Billy's actually been talking about this, like in his timing is perfect. The opportunity to pick up real estate at a good price. And this is part of the wealth transfer. This is a time that people, if we know what's happening, we can find opportunities and really go in and and make some good purchases during this time. So I am so excited to let you know, I've got Frank Pulley joining me this morning. Hello, Frank. Hey, Karen. Glad to be here this morning. Frank is one of our coaches, our real estate coaches and business coaches at Wealth Builders. He also works with Bill Bronchek, who is the attorney that we work with. And, And Frank is really one of the most knowledgeable guys I have ever met in real estate. And so Frank, thanks so much for taking time with us today. Well, it's my pleasure, believe me. We were reviewing an article that came out, I believe it came out in Fortune, and they were talking about Mm. tracking the housing market and really predicting that it's going to bottom out on prices in, in June. And um, that's about the time, as I mentioned, that Billy was sharing with us earlier that he thought this was going to happen. And we want to help you be prepared so that you know what to look for, how practically to locate the bargain properties. And just remind you, too, that we've got the Wealth Builders Conference that's coming up February 17th through the 19th. Frank is one of the speakers. He'll be speaking on real estate. So he's going to be sharing with us some ways for you and I to be able to locate bargain properties and take advantage of the opportunity that's before us. So Frank, I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, thank you, Karen. We know a lot of people think that they should be sitting on the fence until maybe the end of this year or whatever. But I got to tell you, today we're going to talk about how to find a bargain property And if you can look, even in this market, there are a lot of bargains. A lot of our students are finding them, and a lot of people that run in the same circles that we do are finding properties. It's all in knowing what you are looking for. Now, why would you want a bargain property? Well, you could do something with it, like wholesale it. You can fix and flip it. You can rent it out, buy it and rent it out. Uh, You could do some creative financing with it. But a bargain property is a property that's purchased for less than market value that you can do something with and thus make a profit, either short-term like a wholesale or a fix and flip or long-term like a buy and hold. So today we're going to talk about a few tips for acquiring bargain properties. And I'll pause uh, periodically and let Karen throw in some input also. The first tip is talk to people. You run in a circle and a lot of times it's people that maybe know a person that you know or a person that you know that 
that they know or something like that. But people you could be talking to are realtors. We're going to talk about for sale by owners here in a little bit. If you're in real estate, you know, networking events or classes, you know, everybody in your personal and business sphere of influence, people at work, even if you're not in real estate right yet, and have a great business card. All right. So that's the first thing. The next thing is, you know, the internet really is a valuable tool for us. Even about 15 years ago, the MLS was a great big book. And now we can go to a number of websites. For example, Craigslist.org, Realtor.com, which, by the way, in most areas is the civilian version, so to speak, of the uh, MLS. There's Zillow.com, Trulia.com, and Redfin.com. Karen, anything on the first couple of points? No, that's very helpful, Frank. I think that is an important like acknowledgement that the information is out there for us to research. And I know a lot of people, we talk to coaching clients, you know, one of the first things we do in the morning is check out, you know, realtor.com, Zillow. But I think we have so much available and we can get some clues on each market from those as well. So thank you so much, Frank. Of course. And I think, Karen, uh, at the real estate workshop, aren't you going to be talking about using the internet to find properties? I am. That is one of the sessions that I love to teach on is actually to show you how to find properties and analyze them online. Well, tip number three is drive for dollars. So you can just drive around your local neighborhood or maybe if you live in a pretty nice neighborhood, maybe a neighborhood that's not so nice, but, you know, it's got blue collar workers. It's got a, you know, not a bad crime rate, things like that. But you can look for for sale by owner signs. If you see a sign that says for sale or rent, that really indicates a motivated landlord. So you might want to give them a, a call. Any property that has deferred maintenance, you know, lawns grown up, needs a new roof, etc. What I always do is I just leave a note, a sticky note, and I just put, please call me about your house, Frank. And then I put my phone number there. And then, of course, I record that address when I get home. I look it up on the assessor's site and uh, and see if uh, who the true owner is, and I'll send them a little uh, note again, following up. The fourth tip is when you're driving around, you're going to find abandoned properties too. Disrepair, you can actually have people that, you know, uh, look for them for you, like mailmen, delivery men. A lot of cities and counties will actually list these, so you can buy those lists. And you can, again, look up the owners on the assessor site and go ahead and mail to them. I also leave one of those postum notes on those properties also. Now, here's another one. Find old for rent or for sale ads. Now, I know that uh, we don't use the newspaper much anymore, although if you go online on a newspaper or even pick up one, you know, the people that normally will advertise in the newspaper are elderly people that don't use the internet, don't trust the internet. So they still post properties in the paper. And a lot of times when they post them in the paper, they're kind of wanting to get out of the game, so to speak, and retire. And often these people have more than one property. But you can also find these on rentals.com, Zillow, Trulia. And again, look for for rent signs. If you're driving around and you see a for rent sign that's there for weeks on end, 
that might be a good tip. Karen, anything you want to add about the last couple? Yeah, I think that is, is such good advice. I'm going to share a little story that relates to this. We've got actually a neighbor. This is something if you don't, if you're not always in the area that you like to buy in, we have a neighbor in one of our um, one of our properties down in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and he just pays attention for us. If that makes sense, he's checking out the movement of the neighborhood. And any time that there is a house that fits the criteria that you described, he will text us. He'll text Dave and say, "Hey, I think something that is happening over here in this house." He gives us all the clues, and it's really great to have that. Or like you say, when you drive around to know these signs, because Billy always teaches that when you go in to look at finding a bargain property, the the most important thing you need to understand is the situation of the seller. And what you're describing, Frank, tells a story about the situation of the seller. Why is that important? It's important because you have to know when you go in to potentially purchase that property, what is important to that seller? And there can be different things that are happening. Well, this one property that he told us about uh, was a probate property. It was very run down. And sure enough, a car would show up there for a couple of days and pretty soon there was digging that was going on in the driveway. And we could tell by that, that there's someone that probably passed away. And it was a, probably one of their children that was coming to assess the property and get it ready to sell. So with that knowledge and stopping by visiting, finding out, hey, what's going on? What's the story? We were actually able to put an offer in on that property because we knew what was important. And it just happened, we found some things in the inspection that we had to lower the price and they, they aren't ready to accept that. But it gave us an edge going in and we found out that there had been multiple offers on that property at a higher amount than ours that were rejected. But because we took time to pay attention to what you're describing, Frank, they had actually accepted our offer even though it was lower. So I, I just think this is so valuable and uh, communication, just, you know, stopping by visiting with people, talking to neighbors, if it's, you know, not something that would be considered like impolite, but you can learn a lot and, and really look for these properties. Yeah, those are really good points, Karen. Yes, finding out what motivates the seller, because if you're finding some of these properties, they're probably off the MLS and the owner doesn't really know what to do with them and you're kind of solving their problem and i've experienced before where i've been able to buy a property for less by maybe putting a little more uh, down payment that kind of takes care of the seller's problem they can have problems with job loss transfer believe it or not you know kids getting in legal uh, problems things like that so yeah and you know when you do that you can actually potentially go in before it gets listed. And one of the things you can say is, hey, we're going to save you real estate commissions, real estate yeah. realtor commissions. And that's 6%. So right there, we've got an opportunity to bargain and purchase that property at a lower amount. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another technique too is to talk to bankers. Now, I'm not talking Wells Fargo, Bank of the West, or any of those guys. Small local banks and credit unions when you get into the game, those can be your best friend because often they can offer some rates that the big guys can't and they usually move a heck of a lot faster. But some of these banks hold what's called REOs. Or it's 
stands for real estate owned. And they're basically properties they've foreclosed on, but they haven't put them out on the MLS yet. And uh, bankers do not like to be in the real estate business. They just want to get paid. And so if you have a, a relationship with a small banker credit union, a lot of times they may share that list with you. And there's other things you can buy out on the internet, internet lists of late payments, abandoned payments, things like that. One source, and there are many, that uh, we use is listsource.com. And they do a, a really good job. And you can really dial down that, uh, that list that you want. The next tip is offer a finder's fee. You know, in other words, you know, if you have a friend or the mailman or a delivery guy that are looking for properties, you know, uh, tell them that you're going to, you know, that you would pay a $500 finder's fee once the property closes. And so those are uh, valuable marketers for you that possibly you may, you know, may have never thought of, but those people get around. The next one is eviction notices. Well, a lot of times you see those. Uh, posted, but in some areas, the local courthouse will post those. And other times you might find a landlord that's getting ready to evict somebody and possibly you can solve their problems. And don't forget your sphere of influence where people that you know may be able to bring deals to you. I got a couple more, but Karen, want, want to weigh in on those? Yeah, I think those are all good things to look for. And it's amazing if you know what to look for, how these things will sort of pop out at you as you drive around or as you start to research property. So, Frank, this is all so helpful. Thanks. You know, and part of the uh, real estate coaching program that we do through Wealth Builders, an important part of our, our jobs there is to not only educate you, but also I'll give you some formulas on what you can pay for a particular property, depending on what you're going to do with it. And, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. We can help you stay out of trouble and help you make some money. Yeah, that's awesome. And Frank, just to like really thank you because you have actually helped us so much personally with this and helped Levi. You've got spreadsheets and you, you've been doing this so long and, and working with Bill you know, our entire team is, we're not, we're not teaching you theory. We're in it and we've lived, lived it. And I think the tools you have, and Mike has one for buy and holds, you've got one uh, for buy and holds, but also flips. And I'm telling you to have that guidance when you go in uh, to not make a mistake. Right. And, and also to know where the market's at has our coaching clients say like, they are they are coaching what they pay to be in coaching has been paid for over and over uh by some of these guidelines so it's awesome oh yeah that's for sure and it's a labor of love for for all of us i mean it is we i mean we consider the lord's work i mean because we all have other things that we do to support ourselves so the coaching fortunately we're all in a position we have the time and the wherewithal to be able to to do this well, I've just got a couple more tips. Next one is old for sale by owner ads or old for rent signs. I talked about that before, but it's so important that I wanted to repeat it again. Track old ads. In other words, if they're on the internet or whatever, see how long they're on. Um, if you've got for sale by owners and other signage, as you drive for dollars, kind of keep track of what is staying there and, and uh, not producing for the owner. 
And then the last thing is expired listings. These are listings that have gone through the process and people have seen the listings and that sort of thing. And they didn't sell for some reason. And so they expired. And the, in many cases, the seller decided not to renew with the realtor. Um, there can be a variety of reasons. I mean, and, and it can be on the seller's side. It can be on the realtor side. But realtors are your best source for getting those lists. You can buy those lists online. Um, but if you're working close hand in hand with a realtor and they understand what your needs are as, as an investor, remember, you don't want just run to the mill realtors. You want realtors that own properties themselves and work with investors. You can also network with people at title company classes or a lot of real estate, big real estate companies in your town may offer some classes for investors. They want your business. And one of the things I tell people that I don't use anymore is the do not call lists. Um, a lot of times you can call on the expired listings, but you got to make sure that they are not on the do not call list. So beware of that. It's better to maybe mail to those people or that sort of thing. So I'm going to talk about what to look for in a bargain property real quickly, but Karen, anything uh, on this? Yeah, that's so great. And we work with a coaching clients all the time on finding that right real estate agent. And there really are some gems out there that understand this space. And I think that's one of the most important team members uh, for sure in finding bargain properties that we need to have is a good realtor that has time for us, that is interested in a long-term relationship and knows what to look for in a property to help us to succeed. Well, and as, as we know, Karen, too, they can be uh, an essential part of your team because they can help you find other team members, people that, you know, other lenders, contractors, title companies. I mean, the list goes on. Absolutely. Insurance agents uh, that that yes. they know, hey, this this person or this company will underwrite this property. They're really a key member. And, uh, you know, good real estate agents love what they do. And so you're going to be able to pick that up with some enthusiasm as well as they're going to be an investor themselves, which is very helpful. Well, I'm going to talk real quickly about what to look for in a bargain property and then have Karen weigh in and then I'm going to end as is usually my style with a little spiritual note. So Great. what to look for in a bargain property. We talked about the location, you know, any place that there's a lot of building or new businesses like hospitals, Amazon, I know that they're laying off, but some of the uh, Amazon locations are still uh, really good. So looking around those areas can be uh, very beneficial. Something we call the smell of money. You might walk into a, a property and boy, it smells like uh, dogs or the cats have been having a heyday in there. But you know, you can remedy that. And that's going to turn a lot of people off. But I learned this from Bill Bronchick. When he walks in there, he says, man, that's the smell of money because most people won't touch it. A thing called a value play that works especially on multifamily homes, but it works good on uh, uh, single family homes also. You basically put a few little nice amenities in there and you're able to get extra money for them. And that's called a value play. Make sure it has a good layout. Uh, you don't want a property that you got to walk through the bedroom to get to the bathroom or something like that. If you can go through to an appreciating area, but Right now, that doesn't really count. We're just looking for areas that remain stable or maybe drop just a little bit. And by the way, when we're analyzing properties with you, we kind of take into account what we think the property might be worth here in a few months. 
And then finally, determine what your exit strategy is. You may have two exit strategies, that even is even better. An example might be, I buy a property and I'm gonna fix and flip it, and for some reason, I can't sell it. Well, I could certainly rent it, and although it doesn't give me the money as quickly as I want to, I can rent it for a couple of years and then I sell it if I want to. So, you know, there's a lot of things to do uh, when it comes to bargain properties. And I will tell you they're out there. Karen, any any thoughts? Yeah, that's so good. I, I think they're out there too. We We are actively purchasing right now and we've been amazed at how much we've been able to pick the properties up for because the the market seems to be right now and frank i'd love your thoughts on this i'm not sure that sellers have understood that that maybe their property isn't worth what it was a year ago on the market so they're listing it at that top price but as it sits on the market what we're seeing and i think what a lot of people are seeing is that they're able to negotiate so even if a property is listed high when you do the homework that frank has described and you know what the value of that property is, I would say just be bold and go in and make an offer. You know, don't worry about it if they if they're insulted by it or yeah. or they reject it, right? Doesn't what's there's a ratio that you and Bill talk about for every hundred properties you make an offer on. Yeah, I mean, for every hundred properties, you might get 10 that uh actually might respond to your offer and then you know, two or three that you actually close on. It, it's a numbers thing, Karen. You got to work at it. If it was easy, everybody would be doing this. Yes, yes. And we always remind each other of that. And yes. uh, so the opportunity, the opportunity is now. And um, as we've been talking about, we're going to, the Wealth Builders Conference, we have a whole track of workshops that is on real estate. We also have a track on business and a track on investments. And if you've not attended a Wealth Builders Conference, I would encourage you to do so. You're getting around people that have that same you know, mindset, that sound in the spirit, Billy calls it, building wealth for purposes of the kingdom. And so we have limited space in person. So register for that as soon as you can. It's in Denver, Colorado. Go to wealthbuilders.org forward slash events to learn more. Again, that's wealthbuilders.org forward slash events. And you can also join us by live stream from all over the world. And so uh, we just look forward to seeing all of you there. We'd love to visit with you and learn about your journey, your wealth building journey. So we're just so excited and, and want to thank all of you for being part of the Wealth Builders family and for tuning in every week. Frank, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. You bet. You bet. All right. Well, God bless you and everyone make it a great rest of the day. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exist to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.